are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A very action-packed show for you today. We are going to go over that explosive part one of the Vanderpump reunion show. I, I, it just, <laughs> it's, it's unexplained. I'm, I'm, you know, you know me. I'm two episodes in. This is the only two episodes I've ever seen in my life. Last week and this week. I can't get enough of this shit. We'll go over all of it. We are also going to talk a little bit about Big Brother, something I brought up yesterday. I think Miley Cyrus might actually be a Daily Roundup listener. I mean, the timing is impeccable. We'll talk about that, and we are going to talk about the Survivor finale. We'll get to all that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love. It's the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. It's on comingoutforlove.com. Go there right now. Click on Bundles. Pick which bundle you want at checkout. Your promo code is REALITYSTEVE for 15% off. It's a 16-episode season. Episode 4 drops tomorrow. And if you remember when I spoke to host Jessica Clark and the uh, producer, Nicole Kahn, when they were on the podcast, they both mentioned Episode 4 is a big one because I believe tomorrow Lundy's going to get confronted yet again for the way she's acting in the house. If you haven't watched it up to this point, I would. Very real, very authentic. No, it's not all the glam that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is, but it's way more real. So I would go check that out if you can. Comingoutforlove.com, click on bundles, and whatever bundle you purchased, type in promo code REALITYC for 15% off of your order. All right, going to spend a good amount of time to start on the Vanderpump Rules Part 1 of the reunion last night. So many things happened. So many things went down. I will just point out the one thing that I'm not a, a a fan of, but this goes for all reunion shows. Men tell all. Women tell all this one. The editing is so choppy. I wish... I kind of wish this was more on a streaming service. You know, You know how, like, this past season of The Challenge, you could only watch on Paramount Plus, and we got to hear all the cursing? When all these people are talking over each other and they're all cursing and everything gets beeped, you're just missing so much context. I know they're all calling each other names, but I'd rather hear that than just a bunch of beeps. And I get it. It's on Bravo. They can't air those words. But I I just think sometimes stuff is cut off. Andy asks a question, someone gives an answer, and it cuts off. You know there was more there because they filmed like all day long. So I understand the fact that it can only be condensed into three. I'm assuming the other two episodes are going to be one hour each. And they probably had a ton of footage and they have to pick out what's good and what isn't. Here's a suggestion. I don't give a shit about any sandwich shop or the restaurants. Like, can we stop with the restaurant talk? I know they didn't spend a lot of time. It was towards the back half of the show. But I really didn't care about Schwartz and Sandy's and how the food was and how it's doing. Like, nobody cares about that stuff. I know maybe maybe me because I'm more interested in the scandal and maybe some of you who have watched it for 10 seasons were interested in how the hell Schwartz and Sandy's is doing or Katie and Ariana's sandwich shop that's going to open up at the end of this month. Great. In this moment, for what the audience wants, it's so low on the totem pole, I think. 
that you could just those people can address when their sandwich shop's going to open on Instagram. You don't need to spend more than two seconds. It shouldn't they shouldn't have wasted any time on it. Just let's all talk scandal and let's all talk what happened between Tom and Raquel and Ariana. So some things that I wrote down. Ariana basically stole my line from last weekend or last week when I gave my first thoughts after watching the finale, the first ever Vanderpump Rules show I ever watched. And when I was sitting there saying, I can't believe Sandoval was trying to justify what he did. And maybe not. He was explaining why he did what he did. Some people will look at it as excuses. I, Whatever. The bottom line was he was trying to explain why the cheating happened and whatnot. And, you know, the two things he kept bringing up, we were rough for the last four or five years and intimacy issues. The sex life wasn't very good. And what did I say last Thursday on the Daily Roundup? I say, that's not an excuse to have an affair with your woman's best friend or good friend. You break up or you get help. You go to couples counseling or you break up. You don't just carry on an affair because you're unhappy. And what were the words that came out of Ariana's mouth last night? You work on it or you break up. It's exactly what she said. No, I didn't have any insight and I didn't have any screeners to uh, part one of the reunion show. But Ariana and I on the same wavelength there. It just doesn't make any sense. There's nothing he can say to justify what he did. We know this. I did think it was interesting that he was basically calling out the others for their behavior. And they had every right to pull back and be like, Sandoval. We're talking about what's happened recently. Like an affair you had within the last calendar year. Stop bringing up shit that happened eight years ago. Andy tried to bring it up later on. Like, hey, you guys are all imperfect. You guys have all hooked up. Ariana, you know, you started your relationship with Sandoval when he was at the tail end with Kristen. And Lala, you did this. And James, you did that. It's like, okay. But I think there's a big difference. I mean... I know this is a hot topic amongst people, but you have to admit there there has to be a a nuanced level. I don't approve of any of it, but there is a level of cheating. You're going to lose trust regardless, but this has come up in the past on my podcast. I've always been of the assumption that obviously I don't approve of cheating at all. But if cheating were to happen, I think having an eight-month affair, an eight-month sexual affair with your partner's really good friend, best friend, whatever you want to call Ariana and Raquel's relationship, an eight-month affair versus if, let's say, Sandoval kissed another girl while he was with Ariana, and that was it. I think while Sandoval would have lost Ariana's trust, and it might have made it murky, and maybe they couldn't have fought through it. But I do believe there are levels to cheating that maybe not for me. I don't think I could get over it. It would. I someone loses my trust, they're pretty much done to me. But I know there are people out there that will fight through a cheating partner. And I think for those people, the level of cheating of if you kiss someone during our relationship, boy, did you fucking break our trust. But I think people can get past that quicker than 
an eight-month sexual affair behind someone's back. Like, they're not on the same level. But it's also a case-by-case basis. I just said, for me, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't care if you kiss them. You broke my trust. We're done. But I'm not everybody. And I know that because I know that there are people in this world who stay with someone that they know is cheating on them. So clearly, they don't care. But I do think there's obviously levels. Kissing someone versus an eight-month affair, come on. It's not the same thing. But that's not what Tom Sandoval did. He had an eight-month affair. So I don't expect Ariana to ever forgive him. Their next goal, if there is one, is if they ever have any sort of civil relationship ever again. Short term, no. No chance. But time heals all wounds, and I think at some point they might be able to be hanging out in the same place. But, yeah, that's about the extent of where I think they're headed. Having not watched the show very much, as you know, during my life, Two episodes. Is James Kennedy always this funny? That guy was a hoot last night. I thought he was hilarious. And he had every right to go after Sandoval. You know, he probably over-exaggerated for the cameras with continually getting out of his seat and getting up into his face because he wasn't going to punch him on national television because that would be assault and he would possibly get arrested. So the whole thing of getting up and threatening to hurt somebody, it's like we know you're not going to punch him in the face as much as you probably want to. We know it's not going to happen. That's assault. You're not going to do that. But everything he said, you know, the amount of pussy bitch references he made just walking off, saying, I'm going to go to the bathroom and just I think he literally probably didn't even have to go to the bathroom. He just wanted to walk off without anybody trying to hold his arm or hold him back just so he could call. Sandoval a pussy bitch five times as he was walking away so I I, James Kennedy was he's funny you all have informed me that he does have a shady past and he had some low points in his past definitely cheated at some point but as of now in the two episodes that I've seen of him I think he's fucking hilarious I need more James Kennedy in my life. He's funny. And I think I, I I think it's added I think the accent adds to it for me at least. All right, moving on, more to talk about with this. I think Sandoval telling Andy privately that in mid to late June uh, January was when he told Schwartz about Raquel. Yet Schwartz says on stage uh, I knew in August about the one-night stand. Ouch. <laughs> Their stories were only off by five months. That's not good. Now, it could be a semantics thing. Schwartz could be saying, I knew about the one-night stand in August. And maybe when Sandoval was talking to Andy, he was saying, I told Schwartz about the affair in January. Because it seems like the one-night stand happened and then nothing happened between them for a month or two, and then it picked back up towards the end of the year, and then an end of January, that's what Sandoval is telling Andy. Like, hey, I told him about the affair, that it can, like, after he knew about the hookup and he knew about the one-night stand, he didn't know about, well, we started continuing on, and I didn't tell him to the end of January. So that was never cleared up last night, but their months were only off by five. So was Schwartz... Because in August, 
it didn't seem like they were having an affair. They had only had a one-night stand. So he couldn't have told him about any sort of affair. So I guess the question now becomes, when did Schwartz know that after the one-night stand and then they had a brief cool-off period, then they jumped back into things and started having an affair? When did Schwartz know about that? And we didn't get an answer to that last night, other than Sandoval telling Andy, I told him at the mid to end of January. But we didn't hear what Schwartz said. We only heard Schwartz say, I knew about the one-night stand in August. So, yeah. So that was the first, like like you said, this is cheating one night versus, now that one night was sex and it wasn't just a kiss, versus an, an affair continuing to go on behind Ariana's back. And then I'm hearing things about literally they would have sex in the guest house while Ariana was in the other room sleeping in her and Sandoval's bed, which makes it even 100 times worse. Like, this guy's a pig. Oh, yeah, and can I say something? For the first time, Tom Sandoval and the the extras, or Tom Sandoval and the most extras, that band, I've because I'm uh, consumed with Vanderpump Rules stuff on my feed now, I get it a lot on TikTok. Now I'm starting to see clips of his band playing. Tom Sandoval is a shitty singer, right? Like, he sounds like any cover band I've ever heard, but not a good singer. Like singing songs from the 80s and, you know, singing Take On Me by AHA. That song is fucking hard to sing. This guy doesn't have the voice for it. Am I the only one here that thinks that? Or does everybody know that, oh, no, he's not really that good of a singer. He just likes to perform on stage in front of a bunch of women that want to sleep with him so he can take his shirt off and just sing popular songs. I don't know, but... I'm not impressed by anything I saw in five or six clips I've seen of Tom Sandoval and the most extras. He sucks. (laughs) He's not a good singer, period. And one other thing I didn't like about the reunion last night, I know it's three parts, but to get a full episode without Raquel, you know, seeing her in the trailer just reacting to stuff, that wasn't good enough for me. And yes, I'm very well aware that she couldn't be on the same stage as Sheena because she had filed the restraining order against her. I don't know. We already wasted one show without her. And I I know we're going to get Raquel next episode, and they're going to have to take Sheena off the stage and off of her chair because they can't be in the same studio. I just thought, really? We have to wait till next week? I mean, it's it's a classic television tease. I get it. This is what they do to suck you in for the next episode, but to not get Raquel at all last night? I mean, come on. That's what everyone wanted to see. Now we only have two episodes where we're going to hear Raquel talk, I believe. So there was just a lot to digest, just a lot of screaming over each other. These people are clearly heated. This was filmed about three weeks after the affair was found out. And a lot of them, I mean, it's not like they've moved on. It's not like they've forgiven Sandoval and forgiven Raquel. They still hate them. But it's just so fascinating because to me, the more fascinating thing is, yes, I'll be very enthralled by the next two episodes and see what Ariana says to Raquel and when Tom and Raquel are on stage together, how they act and how everyone acts, interacts with them. But going forward is still the thing that I'm really, really intrigued by is what do you do next season? Everybody hates Sandoval. 
outside of Schwartz, who's going to film with him? Who's going to film with Raquel, if Raquel even signs on for next season? Considering she's literally in a mental health facility right now, I is that good for her mental health to sign back onto the show and join? If she does join, is she in every episode cast member? I can't imagine she would be. Who's going to film scenes with her? Nobody. She's not part of the friend group anymore. So I don't know how it happens. I don't know if you bring in a, a friend of hers and that's who we see her filming with. If she accidentally bumps into them because she wants to go out on a Friday or Saturday night and they make sure she ends up at the same place as the group is. Could be something like that. I just think there's so many moving pieces here. That's what I'm excited for for season 11. So those are my thoughts on uh, the reunion show from last night. And next week, I'm sure we'll get more of the same. A bunch of people yelling at each other, cursing at each other, things bleeped out. But we finally get to see some sort of confrontation between Ariana and Raquel. 17 episodes, 17 minutes in, and... <laughs> Uh, I haven't talked about anything but Vanderpump. So I told you it was going to be um, a lot of Vanderpump here. So let's move on and talk about something I brought up yesterday in regards to Big Brother. Remember I said I saw a clip where the Big Brother, I didn't know if I saw it on TikTok or Instagram Reel or something, where Big Brother is promoting their 25th season and they have a video clip going where they show a small clip of the first 24 winners. And I said, it's very weird that Jackson is the only one that you can't see his face because they've always tried to distance himself from Jackson. And I said yesterday, I was like, I wonder if I know I know a while back when I had gone on their site, because this is when, um, I, you know, I had been talking to Holly Allen long after their uh, Holly and Jackson broke up where Holly said, you know, he's still not on the website. He's not listed as a winner. 2020 was left blank. And I'm like, really? And I remember on the phone with her, I was like, let me check. And it was. Now, this was two years ago, something like that. I can't remember when it was. But so yesterday I told you, I said, maybe I'm going to go check the winners list again. Everything on the CBS Big Brother website works. All the tabs at the top, it says, you know, about, cast, news, photo. And then you click on winners list. And it brings you to error page not found. Like, now I don't know if that's just a Jackson thing, but how hard is it to just list your 24 winners on your website? Are they really just not listing any of them so they don't have to have 23 of the 24 seasons listed winners and just leave out 2020 uh, season 21? <laughs> it just, it seems... I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I told you I would go find out, and I did. Went on the page. You can go on it today. You go on there, cbs.com, Big Brother Show, Big Brother, live feeds, about, cast, news, Photoshop. Click on winner's list, 404. Sorry to interrupt your programming, but that's what it says. But the page you're looking for doesn't exist. You'll be redirected to our latest episodes, and then it counts down a timer. So... It's the only thing on their Big Brother page that does not work. Very, very bizarre. Another thing I spoke about yesterday, which was towards the end of last week, remember I said Miley Cyrus did an interview where she basically, I, I, I read you the quotes yesterday. She was talking about how she doesn't feel a connection when she does a concert. Well, literally, within an hour of, Within a couple hours 
of my post of my daily roundup yesterday, Miley Cyrus does a notes post on her Instagram feed addressing that interview she did last week. I was like, did it just pick up steam because Reality Steve talked about it in his daily roundup? I don't know. I like to think, yes, I was the reason why Miley Cyrus took to Instagram yesterday to address her quotes. And basically what she said was, for clarity, I feel connected to my fans now more than ever. When I win, we win. Even if I don't see them face-to-face every night of the concert, my fans are felt deeply in my heart. I'm constantly creating and innovating new ways that I can stay connected to the audience I love without sacrificing my own essentials. Performing has been great, blah, 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 blah. Basically, she said, this has nothing to do with lack of appreciation for the fans and everything to do with, I simply don't want to get ready in a locker room, which is the reality of life on the road. So that's her reasoning. She doesn't, she has these elaborate costumes and she doesn't want to get ready in a trailer. These looks I've been turning don't travel well. The archival looks don't fold. I just don't want to sleep on a moving bus. It isn't what's best for me right now. And if you've been following my career, you know that I always change. And the way I feel about that could too. Love you forever. I'm just on my endless summer vacation. Okay. I, I It seems like she's addressing something different than what she talked about in that quote. But I'm not going to sit here and dissect it anymore. I mean, she gave, she gave her statement. That's what she says. And we all move on from it. I just thought it was funny that I literally talk, I kept putting it off because it get it kept getting bogged down in other news because she said this last Wednesday, I think the article came out. Thursday, maybe. Maybe it was Friday, but I talked about it, you know, uh, Wednesday. Five, six days later after she said it, and then hours after the day of the roundup comes out, she releases basically a statement on what she said in that interview. I'm telling you, Miley Cyrus, fan of the Daily Roundup. All right, let's end with this. Survivor last night. Hey, I got something right. Yes, I guessed it. I didn't know anything. But when we were down to the final five going into last night's episode, I said, look, if I have to, th- if, you ha- if you're asking me who I think has played the best game of everybody left, I would say Jam Jam. And... I got it right. How about that? I did not think Carolyn had a chance to win. I didn't, and I'm not surprised she got zero votes. I just, for as great of a character as she was on the show, Jam Jam played a better game. And Jam Jam, I think people relate. I, I thought he killed it at Final Tribal. He answered every question perfectly. He said, every single one of you that wrote my name down ended up leaving basically the next episode. He uses his words better than almost anybody. And again, we'll talk to this with C- we'll talk about this with Steven Fishbach when I have him on in the next couple weeks to have our end of the season interview. Once again, another blowout in the finals. Like, when are we going to have a close vote? Seven to one. Jam Jam won, or was it eight to one? I know, I know, Jamie only got uh, the one vote, but seven to. I mean, we just don't have close votes anymore. And she did what she needed to do. The one complaint, and Stephen Fishback has brought this up, is the person who wins the final four 
challenge, which always seems to be the balls on the in the crane and whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about. When that person sends two other people to make fire, they lose points with the jury. So Jamie says, I'm going to step up. I'm going to challenge Carson. I'm going to not only challenge him, I'm going to beat him. And I'm going to beat him in the fastest time anyone has ever made fire in this fire making challenge. And she gets one vote. So now it's like, well, do, do people in the future do that? Who knows? Because clearly it didn't have that much of an effect on the jury. I think Danny was the only one that impressed because he was the only one that voted for. I think one question that Jeff Ropes could have asked at the finale is, if Carson was sitting there at the end, how many votes would he have gotten? He usually asks that, like, hey, if Carson was in the finale or if so-and-so was in the finale and didn't get booted right before your final three, who would have voted for them? Because I think a Carson Jam Jam Jamie or Carson Jam Jam Carolyn well, it doesn't matter with Carolyn. She was getting zero votes anyway, especially if Carson was re- had replaced Jamie. Between Carson and Jam Jam, I would have liked to have known who would have voted for who because Carson had just as good a resume as Jam Jam, and I don't know who I would have voted for. I, that's a tough one. That was literally a coin flipper. These were these were people that I all of them I could see. I didn't think Jamie had a chance to win. I sir, I didn't I didn't think Lauren really had a chance to win. I thought this was a Carson Jam Jam battle. And Carson never got a chance because he dropped the ball on the final challenge. But I'm totally fine with Jam Jam winning. Um I just a a feel good story. He, you know, something that I've been talking about all year. He led the season in confessionals by a lot. So now we can chalk that up to a season where somebody who had the most confessionals ended up winning, unlike Erica, unlike Gabler. So it almost seems like maybe next season we're back to somebody who doesn't finish in the top three or four of confessionals for the season. But he, the fact that the winner of the season, now that we know it's Jam Jam, pretty much led all season long with the amount of confessionals he got, says a lot. Because editing from the very first time they sit down and start editing the show, they know who the winner is. So it's like, do we deceive our audience and hide our winner and not give them as much camera time? Or do we put them out there front and center? I mean, maybe people thought Carolyn, but she was second in confessionals. I just didn't see any votes that she was going to get. I just didn't think that people would have been, yes, they felt sorry for her. Yes, they loved her authenticity. But in the game of Survivor, to outwit, outplay, and outlast, she outlasted the jury, but was terrible in challenges, really. Was never a threat in challenges. And I think, as you heard a lot of the jury say in that final tribal, a lot of them were saying that she and Jam Jam were almost like a package deal. So if they were a package deal, and a lot of them seemed to think that Carson was running that threesome. That's why I would have liked to Jeff to have asked if Carson is sitting here with Jam Jam, who would you have voted for? Because they all seem to think that Carson, I mean, that, um, yeah, that Carson was controlling everything that Jam Jam and Carolyn did. I don't necessarily believe that. I think Jam Jam held his own and I have no problem with him winning. I really like this season. I don't know where the hell I'd rank it, but I really liked it. Wish they could have gotten to a little bit more in the uh, after show 
We can debate until the end of time. Do we like the after show right after they filmed back last May? I mean, this is these this cast has been sitting on these spoilers for a year. Do we like the after show or do we like the live after show? I mean, this can be debated till the end of time. I've heard both arguments, and I think both arguments have solid points. I do understand talking to them right after it happens. I do understand talking to them in a live reunion finale. Personally, for me, I like the live reunion finales better. This right afterwards, I understand what Jeff has talked about it numerous times. He wants their authentic reaction to what just happened versus a year later coming back, having watched all the episodes, having seen what everybody has been saying about you and having a warped opinion now of the season rather than I'm just fresh off it. Let's talk about it. I think the argument can be made is maybe do it the next day, not minutes after you crown the winner, sit down, eat pizza, drink champagne and talk about the season. Maybe you wait a day. I don't know. You still do it out there. You don't do a live finale. Jeff says he doesn't know if it's the live finale is coming back. He wouldn't rule it out. But he seems to really like the after show right then and there. I say if you're going to do it that way, I'd say give it 24 hours. It's just, I don't know. I, I just There's something about it that's off to do it right then and there. But Jeff's the producer of the show. He calls the shots. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I know this was a little bit long today, but that's what happens when Vanderpump Rules kills it for the first 17 minutes of the podcast. Uh, again, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. And then podcast number, what are we at, Three, 340. Uh, Dave Neal is going to join me again. We're going to talk about Vanderpump, not last night because we recorded it yesterday afternoon. But we're going to talk about his Driving with Dave series that I was on, that Susie was on, that Katie was on. A really good discussion about those women. We're going to talk about his private and public apology to Victoria Fuller, something that you all know that I had to go through, uh, that I once went through in my past, and you know how it came to be, what he decided to do, why he decided to do it, and like a little, like I said, a little Vanderpump talk, and then. Uh, a little Vegas talk since Dave and his wife Tasha are coming to the party next Friday night. So look for that in a couple hours from now. Again, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Definitely subscribe to this podcast. Rating and reviewing, I appreciate as, uh, just as much. But if you subscribe, you never have to worry about when is the podcast appearing. The second it's uploaded into Apple Podcasts, you will get a notification on your phone that, hey, the new Reality C podcast is there. So subscribe very much make it easier on your life thanks again for listening really appreciate it i'll talk to you tomorrow see you